Extra time, Immaculate Grid. Grid 131 for Friday, the 11th of August. Clean up from yesterday, we mentioned Jeff Cirillo and remembering him as a Milwaukee, so we are absolutely correct. He was a Milwaukee. 14 seasons. So he was with Milwaukee from 94 to 99. Then he was a Rocky from 2000 to 2001. In 2000, as a Rocky, Jeff Cirillo batted 326, had 11 home runs and 115 RBI. So great season. 2000 with Colorado's first season there. Then he would go 2002 to 2003 with Seattle. 04, he was a Padre. Then from 05 to 06, he was back with Milwaukee. And then in 2007, he would do time with both Minnesota and Arizona. So Jeff Cirillo, ladies and gentlemen. But I knew he was Milwaukee, but I had no idea he was on any of those other teams. I don't remember. I kind of vaguely remember him on Colorado. Then we were talking about Darren Bragg. And we're like, yeah, you know, we kind of remember him as a Milwaukee brewer. Dude, we were thinking about Glenn Braggs. Glenn Braggs and Darren Bragg, two different dudes. Glenn Braggs played seven seasons, absolutely, mostly with Milwaukee. And then he spent a couple seasons with Cincinnati. Darren Bragg spent 11 seasons in the league with Seattle, Boston, St. Louis, Colorado, the Mets, the Yankee, the Braves, San Diego, and the Reds. So, Totally two different dudes, not even the same guy. Then we kind of postulated about Ron Gant, and we were correct. Ron Gant was, in fact, a Cardinal. So Gant played his most seasons, of course, with the Braves, seven seasons, and he would spend three seasons with St. Louis. But as a Brave, 147 home runs, 480 RBI, 157 stolen bases, and he would do 30-30 twice. In three seasons with St. Louis, he would hit 73 home runs, 211 RBI, and have 35 stolen bases. And we also postulated yesterday he was, in fact, a teammate of Brian Jordan on St. Louis from 96 to 98. So let's jump into today's grid. And, of course, we have a Giants column, so always super excited when there's a Giants, but sad in the fact that today was all teams. No career achievement, no single-season achievement, just all teams. So from left to right on the columns, we have the Arizona Diamondbacks. In the middle, we have the San Francisco Giants. And on the far right, we have the Florida-Miami Marlins. Then on the rows from top to bottom, we have the Atlanta Braves up top. We have the Chicago Cubs in the center and Cincinnati Reds on the bottom. And if you're following along to this show, you're going to see we've used quite a few players here before. And we're going to give you a little bit of a different spin on a handful that are new and maybe a couple little nuggets from some of the other folks. But let's just go ahead and jump right in. Top left hand corner. Arizona Diamondbacks and Atlanta Braves at 9%. We went with Mark Melanson. Now, 
Mark Melanson is a sore spot for Giants fans. And here's why. The guy was super solid and has had a super solid career. But as a Giant, man, we did not get what we were hoping as Giants fans. So he was a Giant from 2017 to 2019, so three seasons. In those three seasons, Melanson had 15 saves and nine blown saves and earned $57 million. So as irrational fans, of course, we're like, you got to be kidding me. And we thought he was going to be the missing piece. Like we thought, all right, we're, we're, we're running this back from the 2016. Uh, you know, 2016 made the playoffs. Um, and the Giants were, you know, we thought, all right, that's that was the missing component. We just need to get rid of these blown saves. And he was just not what he needed to be. So Mark Melanson, after leaving the Giants, so he's a currently a Diamondback. He spent a few seasons with Atlanta. 79 saves, 11 blown saves. Versus 15 and 9. As a career, for his whole entire career, less the Giants, he has 247 saves and 34 blown saves. That is a save rate of 87. No cough button, sorry. That is a save rate of 87.9%. To put that in perspective, Trevor Hoffman is 88.8 and Rivera is 89.1. So he's right up there in save rate with the best, other than his three seasons with the Giants. And I know the guy was, you know, kind of injured, maybe some arm trouble. But man, for the Giants, who's just food and gasoline, just not good for the Giants at all. But we went Melanson 9% here. Then in the top middle for the Giants and Braves, you know, we got to go to one of our old favorites, Russ Ortiz. We really liked Russ. Russ would play for the Giants in that two, that his last season would be the 2002 season when they went to the World Series and lost four games to three against the Angels. And Russ, his first year with the Braves, he would lead the league in wins with 21. He would be Cy Young four. And you play total 12 seasons, but, you know, you kind of had arm problems off and on and didn't quite pitch as long. And, you know, his career overlapped right at the beginning, at the very beginning with, you know, the steroid era. And so trying to be a young pitcher and you're going up against, you know, these guys. And I don't know if Russ was juicing or not. But coming up and having to face what they were facing had to be a tough time for a young pitcher during that piece. If you came up a little bit before that, maybe you have it a little bit better perspective. And if you came up after it, maybe you were prepared a little bit better. But he was right in that heart. So Russ Ortiz comes in at 2%. Then the top right-hand square for the Marlins and Braves, we went with Edgar Renteria. So at the end, he would become a giant, but, you know, he was uh, originally a Marlin. He would finish Rookie of the Year 2 in 1996 as a 19-year-old. But here's the funny, going back and looking at that voting. So 1996, Todd Hollinsworth won 
Renneria would be third. And strangely enough, uh, or excuse me, Renneria finished second. But when you look at the war of the rookies for that year, Todd Hollinsworth war was 1.1. Renteria's was 3.2, and then F.P. Santangelo was 3.3. He led rookies in war that year. F.P., he'd become a giant. But Renneria and the Marlins finished third, 16 games back in the East. And then Santangelo was with Montreal at the time, so they were second, eight games back. And Hollinsworth and the Dodgers would finish second in the West, one game back, and make the playoffs as a wild card, and they'd get swept in the very first round. But Hollinsworth, 1.1 war. I like to think he only won because the Dodgers, you know, played well. And, of course, Renneria and, and Santangelo's, their teams weren't as good. But, you know, just one of those ones. Interesting kind of understanding and going back and seeing what the narrative would have been on that. In 97, the very next year, Ren Rio wins a World Series as a 20-year-old. And I believe in the playoff series? No, maybe it was a World Series game where Eric Gregg, the umpire, and Levon Hernandez, Levon Hernandez would, would strike out 16 guys, I think. And if you go back and watch the YouTube clips, I mean, you're, there's balls way off the plate, like up and out, outside and up. And Eric Gray, you know, gesticulating and the whole, you're out! you know, Levo's just throwing not strikes and getting strikes called, frustrating the hell out of, I'm, I'm got to, I got to, I believe it was a World Series. We'll look that up for you tomorrow, but that would have been against the Cleveland's. So he wins a World Series at age 20. Fast forward 13 years, he's now on the Giants. 2010, he would become World Series MVP. He'd bat 412 with a 444 on base percentage and a 765 slugging. He would have two home runs, six runs, and six RBI. And of course, the Giants would beat Texas four games to one. He was a five-time All-Star and two-time Gold Glove winner. Edgar Renneria, ladies and gentlemen. Solid, solid player. So the middle row, left-hand column, we went with Luis Gonzalez, 9%. He was a Cub, of course, originally, and played for Arizona, won the World Series with the Arizonas. But we covered Gonzalez and some of his numbers the other day. Again, if you want to... Hear any kind of interesting facts and numbers on any particular player? Look at the description for the daily show, for the bonus show of Generations. Talking about my sports generations. So it's Extra Time, Immaculate Grid. And look in the description, and the names of the players and teams that we discuss are in there. But we just discussed Luis Gonzalez just the other day. So we're not going to really go too much into him right now. So in the middle square, Cubs and Giants. You know, got to give the got to give a little love to to the Alou family. Of course, Moises, along with his dad, Felipe, his uncles, Maddie, and um, you know the Alou family's had plenty plenty of players that could play for the Giants. So Alou seven percent, 
He played 17 seasons, career 303 average, six-time All-Star. Won a World Series in 97. He was on that Marlins team, that 97 team. So in 1998, with Houston, he finishes MVP three. He bats 312. He's got a 399 on base and a 582 slugging. Hits 38 home runs and 124 RBI. Almost any other year in major leagues, you know, he very well wins MVP. But in 98, and we've talked about this, 98, Sosa McGuire assault the home run record. Sosa wins MVP, McGuire is second, and McGuire breaks the single-season home run record. And that's the closest he would win. He would be with Houston that year. That would be the closest that he would get to winning an MVP. So the middle row, far right-hand column, Cubs and Marlins, we went with Derek Lee. He comes in at 14%. Derek Lee, I don't know, I just forgot. But Derek Lee, 15 seasons, two-time All-Star. He'd win a World Series in 2003, so he would be on the 2003 Marlins World Series team. And 2005, he finishes MVP3. He leads the league in hits with 199. Leads the league in doubles with 50. Leads the league in batting at 335. Leads the league in slugging with 662. And leads the league in total bases with 393. He hits 46 home runs and he has 107 RBI. Finishes third in MVP. That year, Pujols wins MVP. Pujols has an 8.4 war versus Lee's 7.7. Lee finishes second in war that season. Pujols leads the league and runs with 129. Andrew Jones would finish MVP two, and he would have a war of 6.7, but he would lead the league in home runs with 51 and RBI with 128. The Cubs would finish fourth, 21 games back in the Central. The Cards would finish first and have the best record in baseball at 162. And the Braves would finish first in the East, second best overall record in the National League at 90 and 72. So war, very, very close. Those guys had very, very, you know, similar and close seasons. But, you know, I give the edge, you know, the Derek Lee here as far as the better statistical year, even though that his war was slightly lower. I mean, leading the league in hits, doubles, average, slugging, and total bases. He was second in home runs. I mean, the guy had an amazing season. But uh, that was the year, actually, that the... Astros were still in the National League. The Astros would go to the wild card, they would win the pennant, and then they would lose to the White Sox in the World Series. So now we go to the bottom row, and that is the Cincinnati Reds. So the bottom left hand, we have Reds and Arizona. We went easy button here. Reggie Sanders, we've used Reggie quite a bit. You know, he was a giant as well, he was a pirate. Kansas City Royal, so he's been used a lot lately. 5% here with Reggie. We've talked about his career before. You can go look him up and see one of those previous episodes. So bottom middle square, Giants and Reds. 
Eric the Red, Eric Davis, five percent. When he was a when he was a Red, hated Eric Davis, and he would become a Dodger. Hated him on the Dodgers. He would eventually, you know, become a Oriole, and, and at that point, I didn't really mind. But he'd come back, and he would he would actually be a very key contributor on the Giants later on in his career, and, and he was destined originally to be a Hall of Famer. And personal problems and injuries, you know, limited him in his career. So he didn't quite live up to some of those expectations early in his career. But in 1987, Eric Davis finishes MVP nine. He hits 35 home runs and he has 50 stolen bases. He would finish second in war. Tony Gwynn. Finishes first in war. He finishes MVP eight. Gwynn bats 370 and has a 218 hits. Leads the league in both. That was the year that Andre Dawson won MVP, led the league in home runs and RBI. But his war was almost half that of Tony Gwynn's. And I'm not suggesting that Dawson doesn't win MVP. But the fact that Davis and Gwynn finished eighth and ninth, and actually ninth and eighth in MVP is inconscionable. So Ozzie Smith finished second in MVP voting that year. Ozzie Smith had no home runs, batted 303. Stole some bags, had 75 RBI, played great defense, finished second. Jack Clark finished third. So he's on the Cardinals at this point. Now, you can make the argument that Ozzie didn't hit any home runs. And, you know, that just looks kind of funky. And so he doesn't win. Jack Clark only played in 131 games. You can ding him for not playing, you know, full season. Now, Will Clark, the Giants finished first in the West. The Reds were in the West, you know, in 1987. The Cardinals finished first in the East. Giants and Cardinals would play in the NLCS. Giants would lose four games to three. They'd be up three games to two. We've talked about that before. The fly ball to right field off Dave Dravecki by Tony Pena that Kenny Maldonado misplays. It gets scored as a triple Giants lose that game 1-0. And then they would uh, get rocked in game seven. But, man, how are, how are Gwen and Davis that far out? I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying that they shouldn't have won, but... You know, you give the you give the MVP to the last place guy just because they lay the league in home runs and RBI. I don't know, just funky, just funky. And that and this is one of those funky years, and this is kind of the ding that I think the baseball writers deservedly get for the lack of consistency and uh, the narratives that they want to create for some of these awards. So the last square, bottom right hand corner, you've got Marlins and Reds. I went with Mr. Marlin himself, Jeff Conine, 
Conine is just that guy. He's just a solid major leaguer. He's two-time All-Star, won two World Series, both with the Marlins, so 97 and 2003. So he's one of only three players to play on both teams. Rick Helling, who we talked about the other day as far as Texas goes. Luis Castillo, and then, of course, Jeff Conine. Conine had a career OPS of 107, so he was 7% better than the average, which, you know, puts him right there, right? He's just a solid player. Not spectacular, solid player, had some moments, but Jeff Conine, 6%. So we're having a blast doing this every day. So we got extra time, immaculate grid. We do this every single day, drops at 9 p.m. Pacific every evening. We've got the main show, Generations, talking about my sports generation. So that's what Steve and myself listen tomorrow. That drops at noon tomorrow. It's about gambling. It's all about gambling, what's going on today. We touch on the Iowa and Iowa State situation. We touch on the recent news with ESPN. We talk about how gambling has changed, how it's changed, how we consume the game, how we watch the game, how we enjoy the game. And uh, that's tomorrow. And then we've got next week, two Saturdays. So today's Friday. Two Saturdays from now, we've got follow-up on more of the analytics and war and how we view the game and some of Steve's incredulousness regarding advanced statistics. Watch the preview for that. There's a five-minute kind of preview where I try to explain what wins above replacement is and how it's calculated to Steve. That is a really funny episode. I can't watch that thing enough. It's only four and a half minutes. Watch that as a preview for sure for the show two Saturdays from now. But listen to that drops tomorrow at noon. And this show will post tonight at 9 p.m. Pacific. And we will be back with extra time. Immaculate Grid tomorrow. Interact with the show. Send us some notes. What do you like? What do you don't like? What do you want to hear more of? Share your grids and answer our polls. I try to be kind of funny, try to do a little something different with each of our polls. So answer the polls. But we're having a great time. Share with your friends. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Take care.